It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking to you every Monday through Friday, your team, every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network, except for this week, since it's a holiday, there will be no show on Thursday and likely no show on Friday as Thanksgiving is on Thursday, of course, and it's Black Friday. Do not see myself having anything available for you on Thursday or Friday. So enjoy your family time. Enjoy your days off, hoping that you do have days off. If you don't, I am sorry for that. And I'm, you can go back and listen to old episodes if that can get you through your day. But thanks, everyone, who listens to the show here. Locked on Panthers. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify. You can also follow us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, typically, we have the weekly Friday mailbag. I will try to answer some mailbag questions if you have any for Wednesday's show. So if you do, go ahead and at me, at Julian Council, or DM me at Julian Council, but make sure to first follow me, at Julian Council, in case you don't know who this is since I've said my name about a million times here at the beginning of the show. I'm your host, Julian Council. We are here once again, left to pick up the pieces following yet another frustrating Carolina Panthers loss. And this might be, I don't, this is not worse than the Eagles one. At least I don't believe so. Maybe for other people it is. Emotionally on Sunday, that was a major letdown. The homecoming for Cam Newton, the homecoming as it was dubbed, Ron Rivera's return and for the Panthers not to win that game, ooh, not great. Uh, I know my dad went to the game on Sunday. He talked about just how emotional it was and the, the fans in the stands and how loud it was in there. Had another friend who went to the game. And he was talking about how he was at the Patriots game a couple weeks ago and just the differences among the crowd that day where it was a pseudo road game to on Sunday where just the entire energy and vibe in the place was night and day. And then for him to walk away from the stadium after a 27-21 loss was just so painful. He texted me again on Monday just talking about just how much it hurt and how upset he still was and he was going to go back and watch the game and how painful that would be. And I just told him, brother, don't do that. Move on. Don't relive the pain. Don't do that. It's supposed to be supposed to be thankful this week. Don't go relive the pain of the Panthers' loss. And that's what you got me here for as we kind of look back what happened again on Sunday as Matt Rule spoke to the media on Monday afternoon as he does following every Panthers game that takes place on a Sunday and the key conversation on Monday once again was consistency of course the defensive performance wasn't good enough and that goes along with consistency we have seen now six times this season and I brought this up on the show on Sunday or Monday whenever you listen to it following the loss 
The Panthers have given up on average 163 rushing yards in their six losses this season. Not only are they giving up a ton of rushing yards in these losses, they're just getting gashed. 245 against Dallas when they came to that game only averaging 45. 190 on Sunday in their wins. They barely give up any rushing yards at all, on average only allowing 56.4 rushing yards in those games. So the Panthers' run defense, it's good one week, it's bad the next, it just has not worked out for them in the majority of the season based off of where the stats are. Currently in the league, they are ranked 24th against the run. I remember a Panthers' defense under Ron Rivera, at least before his final season there in 2019, where they switched to the 3-4 permanently, where the Carolina Panthers, uh, once upon a time, had a 21-game streak of not allowing a 100-yard rusher until they did early in the 2018 season to Tevin Coleman back when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. Since then, especially 2019 when they went to the 3-4, last year playing a lot of three-man fronts, again this year playing a lot of three-man fronts, the Carolina Panthers have not been good against the run. I really wonder if this is scheme. Matt Rule says that, there was the same run concept that they were going up against last week against Arizona and how they were able to take care of it last week. Of course, not having Kyler Murray factored into their ability to stop the run against Arizona as they didn't have to factor in all 11 players on the offense in the run game as they would have had Kyler Murray been available. Again, he was out on Sunday as Arizona went to Seattle and won. Matt Rule just said guys weren't doing their jobs, that players were just doing their own things, and that when they are staying disciplined and getting their run fits, the Panthers have had, haven't had issues. Okay, well, is that really what's happening? Because five weeks, I guess they've been disciplined, but then the other six, they haven't. And I guess that goes along with the consistency. At some point, maybe they're just not good against the run. The numbers certainly sit there and point it out. And it's not like it's a one-year thing. Like I pointed out, last year they weren't good against the run. Ron Rivera's final season in 2019 when Tepper said, you're running a 3-4, they weren't good against the run. I'm starting to think that it's the scheme. Not necessarily the players, because when you run a 3-4, you're going to have lighter guys there on a defensive line. When you're going to have guys like Hassan Reddick, who's not that big of a player, and then you're going to have guys also like Brian Burns, who, again, is not that big of a player relative to what you would be asking for against the run defensively, that might be a problem. Also, Luke Keekley, a guy who's really good, no longer there. Jeremy Chin, once again, is leading the team in tackles at 71 to this point. Shaq Thompson has been phenomenal for the most part this season when he's been healthy. But on Sunday, uh, only four tackles was pretty much nowhere to be found where Chin had 13 and then 10 solo. He was everywhere. And he's primarily playing uh, safety this year. So your safety, whenever they're the ones leading you in tackling, that's typically never a great thing unless you're asking to play a lot in the box like the Carolina Panthers are doing. But still, you got to get better performances out of your linebackers, which they did not get on Sunday from Jermaine Carter Jr. or Shaq Thompson. It's not just a one-week thing for the Carolina Panthers. This is something that we talk about week in and week out with this team still heading into week 12 of the NFL season before their week 13 bye they are trying to find a level of consistency in order to be a playoff team. And Matt Rule said this on Monday, saying, my message to the guys is play great football and everything takes care of itself. You can't give up 190 yards rushing and say we're still in the race. Good teams don't give up 190 yards rushing, right? So let's clean that up. Let's get the football right. It's not about Christian's back, Cam's back. It's about a whole team. The whole team has to execute. It's, all, it's about all of us and a sense of oneness where we play a lot better. We hear this every week from Matt Rule, every single week when the Carolina Panthers lose. It's the conversation 
of being consistent. Uh, we have to do what good teams do. You can't do this. You can't do that. You got to stay focused. That's all we ever hear following every single loss from the Panthers, which then kind of makes me wonder, like, are the Panthers really all that good? I know we got really excited about Cam being back, and there's plenty of talent on the roster. There was a great question posed on Twitter by Josh Klein of the Riot Report, who's been on the show a couple times, just about what the expectations really should be here in Carolina. I want to get into what he said there and really take a look at it, because looking at what happened on Sunday, what we saw in weeks prior against Arizona, where things were great, against Atlanta, where things were great, and then you see the game against New England and what happened early on in the season. I know Sam Donald's not the starting quarterback anymore, but there are still the same issues that we've seen that have crept up every other week or during that losing streak the Panthers had. And in the same things we hear every time they lose, hurt them once again on Monday. So what really are the expectations from the Carolina Panthers team? Are they, They're not a great team. We already know that. There really aren't very many in the NFL, if any at all. Are they a good team? I don't know. Like, they seem like they're right there in the middle of the pack, which they do sit 10th in the NFC standings here as we head into Sunday's matchup against the Miami Dolphins. So we'll get into that question of what the expectations really should be for the Carolina Panthers versus what they currently are with six games left in the season. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Okay, so this was put out yesterday on Twitter by Josh Klein, at Josh Klein Rules. He's been here on the show a couple of times. He's the editor-in-chief for the Riot Report covering the Carolina Panthers. You also know him from the uh, Roaring Riot, obviously, where the Riot Report name comes from. Does a great job. Uh, does I mean, does a great job in terms of writing. Also, just a really great fan and ambassador for the team. I'm sure all of you know who he is. If you don't, go check him out. He's been a great friend to me here on the show, and I've been on his show, the podcast that he does with Nikki Wolf and Colin Hoggard, One Day Contract. They put out great Panthers content, and they're, they're fair and honest like me. So he put this out on Twitter on Sunday, saying, the Panthers making moves like they want to win now and having game results like they're rebuilding. What kind of expectations should we have? Because losing games like today is unacceptable for a contending team and fine, but frustrating for a rebuilding team, which goes back to the quote that I just read to you from Matt Rule again. My message to the guys is play great football and everything takes care of itself. You can't give up 190 yards rushing and say we're still in the race. Good teams don't give up 190 yards rushing, right? So let's clean that up 
Let's get the football right. It's not about Christian's back, Cam's back. It's about a whole team. The whole team has to execute. It's about all of us and a sense of oneness where we all play a lot better. That's the quote. And he, he keeps on going on here. And here's more from Matt Rule as I get into this conversation. We certainly know how to do it. We have to put it together. We have to start doing it week in and week out. It's got to be cultural. It's got to be everyone in the Carolina Panthers organization understanding it's not about fluff. It's not about anything else other than football. And I've tried to say that since the beginning. I think we've made some strides. We're five and six. We've made some strides since last year, but we've got to grow up as a team and I have to lead the way and I need my veteran players and leaders to lead the way. There has to be an accountability to the standard. If we can make that step, then we'll be a good team, but we won't be a good team until we make that step. The commitment, execution, and forgetting about everything else is what good teams in this league do. They show up on Sundays and they execute. The Carolina Panthers have not consistently shown up on Sundays this season and executed. Therefore, based off what Matt Rule said on Monday, they're not a good team. I don't get any joy in saying that, but it's just flat out true right now. They're 2-4 and at home. Matt Rule talked about how they just don't have the focus that they need to have at home. He was quoted on later on in in the uh, press conference saying that the level of focus needs to be better. We're about everything else except for what's in front of us when he talks about being at home. But on the road in Atlanta, no problems. On the road in Arizona last Sunday, no problems. But I guess for whatever reason, when they come home, they just don't have that focus. Their minds aren't right. I understand it to a point on Sunday when it came to Cam Newton's homecoming and Ron Rivera being back there. But there's a lot of guys on that roster who never played for Ron Rivera. And yeah, Cam's back, and a lot of guys hadn't played for Cam. If anything, it was more emotional for the fans out there. And yes, I do understand. I pointed this out numerous times last week that the energy that Cam Newton brought, that veteran presence, Robbie Anderson said last week to Josina Anderson, that was sorely missing. But apparently, according to Matt Rule, it's not just Cam Newton. They need more guys in that locker room to step up and be leaders. Dante Jackson, he's a captain. He talked about this summer when he was announced the captain for the first time in his career, how much it meant to him that a group of grown men asked him to lead. Did he lead that team yesterday? No, he certainly did not. Got cooked by Terry McLaurin, who is a fantastic player. If I'm taking Dante Jackson versus Terry McLaurin, I'm taking Terry McLaurin every day of the week. He's just one of the top-end wide receivers in the NFL. Dante Jackson is not that at corner. He's a solid player, but he's a number-two corner. He's a number-two. There's a reason why they got J.C. Horn here, who unfortunately is not healthy. And you would like to see Stephon Gilmore play more when he is ready, but apparently he's just not there yet. He's going to need to be, hopefully, after the bye, considering you got Stephon Diggs you got to deal with, all the wide receivers that Tampa has. New Orleans is not a problem, but either way, you're going to need him for those three games when you're going up against some A1 type of dudes like a Terry McLaurin. And Dante Jackson, unfortunately, has shown in his career, he's just not that guy. He says he's got to be that dog and all that kind of stuff. That's not who you are. That's just not who he is. He's a good player. But he's not a great player. Terry McLaurin is a great wide receiver, as we've seen already early on in his career at Washington. Look at the dudes who are throwing to him. That man is a beast. And Dante Jackson, who's supposed to be a leader on this team, did not lead. Shaq Thompson, did he lead them yesterday? No. Cam did his job. Christian did his job, certainly. Jeremy Chin did his job. But not everyone did their jobs to the level that was required for the Panthers to beat Washington, a team that was coming off of a good win at home against Tampa, but a Washington team 
that is not that good. They were three and six, now four and six. That's not a good football team. They've had plenty of issues, plenty of injuries, just lost Chase Young, didn't have Montez Sweat, haven't had their starting quarterback, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the entire season, but they still came into Carolina and won. They played better defensively. They got off the field as the Panthers were three and twelve or three for twelve when it came to third and fourth down combined. And offensively, they stayed on the field. And they've got to make a play. The Panthers defense has to on Taylor Heineke on that fourth and three where he's running around playing backyard football. You also got to give Heineke a lot of credit for just being a gamer and making things happen. But these are the things that we see with the Carolina Panthers so much this season. They just cannot find the level of consistency that's needed, which begs the question, what really should the expectations be? Because Matt Rule talks about that they've made strides from last season, which is obvious. Now, through this point in time, they still have the same amount of wins that they had last year. They're going to get more wins. Just how many more are they going to get? Remember, if you've been listening to the show um, since the beginning of the season and prior to that, I said that my expectations for the season were 8-9. and nine. I did not think this would be a playoff team. Now, right now, looking at the current expectations, at least from what we had last week of Cam coming back, being 500, thinking at three games in front of you with Washington, then at Miami, the bye, then Atlanta, where, hey, you get the eight wins, you got to feel pretty good heading to the final four weeks against Tampa twice, New Orleans, and Buffalo. Now, maybe, okay, they weren't supposed to win that one against Arizona, you gave one back, you get to seven and six, hopefully, but it's very hard to do that with this team, to sit here and be like, all right, project out. They can win this week. Okay, bye, win that week. You can't do that with the Carolina Panthers because they've shown us throughout the season that it's a fool's errand to try and predict what's going to happen with them moving past just one week, which is the whole NFL maxim of week-to-week league. It's a different story every single week in the NFL, which I say all the freaking time here on the show, but it's just true as we've seen. This is a prime example, and they're not the only team in the NFL that's having these issues. All the teams they're going up against are having the same issues. New Orleans. Minnesota, San Francisco, who looks like they're possibly figuring it out. I'm sure they're probably going to go lay a goose egg or lay an egg on a well, fine goose egg, ostrich egg, whatever kind of egg. They're going to lay one maybe on Sunday just based off of how things have gone on the NFL season. Philadelphia, Washington's now in this thing. Seattle's three and seven, but who knows? Maybe Russell Wilson finds some sort of magic and they come out of nowhere in the final couple weeks and make it to the playoffs. Carolina Panthers just haven't been consistent enough. So can we really expect them to be a playoff team when we have no clue what we're going to get each week? If Cam plays the way that he played on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers should be in every game. He is obviously not the problem. There were larger issues on this roster outside of Sam Darnold. He was the primary issue for this offense, and still this offense is not having explosive plays. They seem to be far too reliant on Christian McCaffrey. When I say far too reliant on Christian McCaffrey, I mean he's the only player that you can depend on to get you explosive plays. DJ Moore was off to a fantastic start. Quarterback play was terrible. The offensive line play was terrible. His numbers went down as other teams shaded towards his side, as the Panthers had no other options at wide receiver, or and McCaffrey was also out five weeks with that hamstring injury. He's got to get back to being DJ Moore because five receptions and 50 yards, that's just not good enough. Those are pedestrian numbers for a player of his caliber. Robbie Anderson, he's been more involved, but still not seeing anything explosive from him. Matt Rule said that's got to be me and Joe trying to figure out how we can get some more things down the field. Cam's arm is not a concern, and it's not an issue as we saw yesterday in that game against um. Washington, defensively, they're just not good against the run. 
The numbers bear it out. The scheme might not be good enough, whether the guys are in the right spots or not. It's just proven over the last three seasons in the 3-4, three-man front, the Carolina Panthers are just terrible against the run. If they go back to a 4-3, maybe it'll be better, but that's just not what Phil Snow wants to run. So we're going to have to sit here and maybe deal with this until they get better players who are more equipped to stop the run. Or this is just kind of how it's going to be here in Carolina. they got to be more disciplined. I don't know, but it's a problem right now for the Carolina Panthers. So I want this to be a playoff team. The problem mainly, as I brought up on Sunday, is that in the the, the two tiebreakers, first one head-to-head, New Orleans, they got that with them. But we'll see where the Saints are. They might even be a factor for the sixth or seventh seed there in the NFC. But they lost a tiebreaker to Minnesota, who's currently in six. They lost it to Philadelphia. Um, they're 0-4. I mean, they, this is a team that's added Cam Newton Stephon Gilmore, which would make you think, on paper, this should be a pretty good team when you already look at how they've played defensively going to last week as the second-rated defense in the league. You have Christian McCaffrey. You got plenty of stars out there on the outside. Well, at least you have DJ Moore, and you would think that maybe you've gotten more from Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson this season, which just has not happened. That being said, this looks like a good team on paper. They're also a young team that's gone 0-4 against the NFC East. Cowboys, no shame in that, especially on the road. Eagles, very much so shame in that. Giants, are you kidding me? On Sunday against Washington, Washington's not that bad, but you got to win that football game at home if you want to be a playoff team, which is what Matt Rule was saying. They're not out of it, obviously, but being 2-4 and four at home, having a losing record, the only team amongst those playoff wildcard contenders who has a losing record within the conference is going to make it very hard for the Carolina Panthers to be a playoff team because the first tiebreaker, head-to-head. The second one, what is your conference win percentage? And they're right now they're going to lose out on that as things currently sit. And of course, the season does not end today. As things currently sit, they look like they're going to lose out on, on that against every single team that they're playing up against right now for that wild card spot of either 6th or 7th. So really, what should the expectation be? Young team, they've gotten better. They have a quarterback who's not making mistakes as of right now, and I don't think they're gonna, he's going to make any mistakes that are really going to kill this team. Certainly, he'll throw an interception at some point in time. A fumble will happen. That's just football. That stuff kind of happens, but it's not happening every week like it was back with the other guy, number 14. They're talented enough. They just don't have the focus. When you don't have the focus, you don't execute, and you have a league-high 81 penalties, that makes you an average team. They're not a bad team. They're not a good team. They're right there in the average. So expectations, I know would be disappointment, and I've said this, to not make the playoffs. But should that really be the expectation? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, we'll take a quick pause here, and then we'll talk more about the Carolina Panthers and their prospects as they head into the Week 12 matchup on the road against the Miami Dolphins down there in Miami Gardens, Florida, in just a moment. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with a promo code locked on to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, they're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's pretty simple for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Get get the win. Get a win. You're back to 6-6, six and six, you're back to 500, and everybody's back to being in a good mood. And I understand a lot of folks who are upset after the loss on Sunday, and it makes sense. You get excited, Cam challenges the fans to come out there, bring back the pride to Carolina, and he said, okay, it was never really gone, but we got to take back our stadium. we got to take back Bank of America Stadium, got to fill it up with our own fans, and it looked like from TV and just from what I heard the folks that went to the games that I'm friends with, that that was the atmosphere, that it was going to be like a playoff-like atmosphere. I go back to beginning of the season, college football, Labor Day weekend, I walked into that game between Clemson and Georgia, and I don't think, I don't think I've ever felt a buzz like that when going to Bank of America Stadium. I've been to Bank of America Stadium for playoff games. I was not there for the run in 2015. So I was not there for the NFC Championship game against Arizona or that game against the Seahawks where they got up, what, 35 nothing, 35-7 on the Seahawks there in that first half. I, I wasn't there for that. So I can't speak to those atmospheres. But from my experience of the games that I've been growing up to that 2013 year, especially that Dallas game on that Saturday night in the playoffs and um, also regular season games that they had to going to bowl games and going to soccer games there, like the best pre-game environment buzz I had ever felt the energy in that stadium was earlier this year for Clemson George and it looks like from everything I heard that that on Sunday Cam coming back topped it which makes the letdown even worse like Clemson fans walking that stadium back in September I feel like they probably felt the same way even though you got a full season ahead of you but they felt you know that similar letdown not to the level of Panther fans did on Sunday with Cam coming back him playing well the three touchdowns McCaffrey looking good and then just not being able to stop the run not being able to stay on the field offensively and then letting Joey Sly who put on Instagram that he I'm back to mock Cam to troll the Panther you're getting trolled by Joey Sly and Panther fans went after him he came back and he said it has nothing to do with Cam, yada, yada, yada. Like, yo, let, like, let the guy have his fun. Like, Joey Sly got his second revenge game against the Panthers. He made his kicks. Nothing of – I mean, I thought he was going to give us one yesterday, honestly. I thought that's what was going to happen, especially the one that put them up by six. I thought he was going to shank that. But Joey Sly did not give the Carolina Panthers one like he did early on in the season of week three back when he was with the Houston Texans on his fourth team of the year. So good for Joey for having the moment and being able – to troll the Panthers as much as you might hate it. Sometimes you just got to be like, yeah, well, he beat us, so what, I, what am I going to say? Uh, and I know plenty of you are probably rolling your eyes saying bleep Joey Sly, which you're also entitled to do that if that's how you want to go about it. What the Carolina Panthers do need to improve on moving forward if they want to win on Sunday against Miami, who's coming off of two wins against the Ravens on a Thursday night a couple weeks ago and on Sunday against the New York Jets, so... Great, good job. You beat a bad team, but division rival, two bad teams. I don't know where they're at, confidence-wise. Um, it seems like, it, obviously, it's been a very disappointing season for them as they've stuck to Tua. He's had injuries. There was some weird thing that happened that Thursday night game where 
Jacoby Brissett started in place of Tua, and then Tua came in. I think he finished the game. I don't really know. I don't watch the Dolphins. I'm not watching these waste, these worthless Thursday night football games. Um, but from what I had seen on Twitter, because I don't know, people are sick and they're watching these kind of games. Just sickos out here watching terrible NFL games on primetime. Just because the NFL feeds you a game on Thursday or Monday night does not mean you have, mean you have to watch it. If you want to watch the Manning cast, fine. You're, they're not even really paying attention to the game anyway. Like, go get Marshawn Lentz cursing up a storm. Like, that's hilarious. But come on, Thursday night, don't watch that stuff. It's, it's, unless, you're, unless you want to watch it, if you're a junkie, go ahead. But be better. Be better. Especially this Thursday. Man, Thanksgiving. Hold on. I'm going to get I know I'm going to get back. But Thanksgiving, I am so sick of Thanksgiving NFL games having the Detroit Lions on every single year. They seriously think I'm going to waste my time three hours of my day to watch the Detroit Lions play a football game. How many times, I'm 28, how many times in your lifetime have the Lions been like a, a one or no loss team heading into, or no win, a one win or winless team heading into Thanksgiving Day? Like, it's happened multiple times. Like, they're terrible. And they got the Bears? Pass. Cowboys, Raiders? Pass. I mean, Saints, I think they play Buffalo. That sounds, that sounds interesting. But the Egg Bowl between Ole Miss and Mississippi State's on. I'm not missing the Egg Bowl to watch the NFL on, on Thursday. Y'all do what you got to do. There's also a lot of good college basketball. Like the NFL, they put games on Thanksgiving. They got to get the Cowboys off. I know they get for ratings, but they got to get, at the very least, the Lions off TV. Please stop doing this to people. It's just, it's not, it's not right. It's disgusting. Think of the children. They shouldn't be having to watch this kind of stuff. And if you're a Lions fan listening to the show, um, I love and respect you, but come on, be better. Detroit's a great city. I, I've been, I actually enjoyed Detroit. Uh, the Coney's, the deal you got there, appreciate it. Greek Town was fun. Uh, wherever the Cobblestone Street neighborhood, there's a really good cocktail bar and barbecue place I went to there. Moving forward to Carolina Panthers. A um, few more things, just what Matt Rule had said. Um, talking about consistency. Panthers, again, league high 81 penalties. And according to Matt Rule, he says you get penalties based off of poor technique. So that would say to me that's coaching. But here's the thing. The Carolina Panthers are professionals. This isn't high school. This isn't college. Particularly in college, if a team, as I watch a lot of undisciplined football in college football because I'm a UNC football fan, so I've watched a, I watched a lot of trash over these last couple years with Larry Fedora and with Mac Brown where these guys just can't be disciplined. I see it. I've been watching it my entire life. It makes me sick every Saturday. I don't know why I keep coming back. But on that level... I blame coaching 100% of the time. At this level, where these guys have so many personal responsibilities to take care of their bodies and to study film, I put a lot of it on the players. Fine, it can be a 50-50 deal if you want to do it. When you talk about it's poor technique, that's got to be coaching. And Matt Rule says he puts a lot of pressure on his coaches. No one puts more pressure on themselves than themselves. But still, the guys have to execute. You, you got to stay focused. Remember that word he's talked about? You can't jump off sides. He brings up that Michael Jordan didn't move on the all, on the false start. Okay, if he didn't move, why they throw the flag? I don't know. The holding, he said that's poor technique. The guy's got to be better. They got to work better, more on their craft. So it's not just the coaches. It's also the players remaining focused and executing. 
the two key words that we hear after every single Carolina Panthers loss. Now, there were some good things that came out of Sunday. Brady Christensen, who had to fill in for the second straight week for Dennis Daly, who went down with injury, and Dennis Daly just cannot stay healthy in his career, and I wonder what the future holds for him here in Carolina because, again, they seem like they like him, but this is not a guy that Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer and his coaching staff brought in on their own accord. He was a leftover or a holdover, whatever you want to say, from the Marty Herney era here in Carolina. Brady Christensen, according to Pro Football Focus, which is not the gospel, was the highest-graded Panther. I think he had an 81.1 grade on Sunday, which is really good. The offensive line only gave up one sack on the very last play of the game, Cam Newton getting sacked. He had DJ Moore out there right on the flat. Not the offensive line's fault. Just like with Sam Darnold, he held onto the football too long. Cam Newton had a receiver open for a first down there on that fourth down, didn't throw the football. That's the only criticism I have of Cam Newton from the game. Other than that, And there was another play, I guess he messed up. But either way, Cam did his job for the most part. And Matt did bring up that in the NFL, you can't have the ball late twice and not score a touchdown. Is it just Cam? Obviously not. A lot of guys got to do better and have to execute in those situations. Panthers just didn't do it. Brady Christensen played well. Michael Jordan, again, outside of the two penalties, one of them that Matt Rule says shouldn't have counted, played well. Not Paradis. Elfline seems to be fine at center. John Miller didn't see any issues with him at right guard. Right tackle, Moten, not worried. Could we be seeing four of the five starters on the offensive line next year? Because Matt Rule's only had good things to say about Michael Jordan since he's gotten here. Pat Elfline is going to get the first right of refusal at being the center next season. Right guard, Miller, probably gone. Right tackle, Moten, locked up for the next four seasons past here. Christensen, obviously going to be on a roster. Could it be that left tackle moving forward? Does Dennis Daly go into right guard next year? Does Deontay Brown, does he go in there at right at right guard? You could be looking at the Panthers' future starting offensive line. The last two weeks, they've looked really good, and hopefully moving forward through the rest of the season, especially against Buffalo, who was not very good at all on Sunday against Indianapolis, but still has a really good defense, and Tampa Bay, and even New Orleans, who was number one against the run before giving up over 200 yards rushing to Philadelphia on Sunday. What do they look like in those situations? So I like the the progress that we've seen from then. That goes back to Matt Rule saying that they have made strides from last season, they just have to be consistent moving forward, and at least with one area on Sunday where it came to consistency, we got that from the offensive line. So that's a positive. Carolina has Miami on Sunday. That's got to be a game that they win. They looked good on the road. You would expect they're going to look good on the road again. I don't know what the schedule is this week for the Carolina Panthers. They're, they're going to have the holiday. I'm sure they're going to be able to have Thanksgiving with their families on Thursday. I don't know what the NFL I think they're going to have a... The testing is going to be twice after the holiday, so hopefully nothing comes from that. But the majority of guys on this roster have been vaccinated, and the only other guy that we know publicly who's not vaccinated is John John Miller. He's already had COVID, and he is still in the, the period of time where he can't get it again, um, if I'm doing my math right. So he should be fine. So the Carolina Panthers hopefully won't have any issues with that. But focus on Sunday. Should be able to beat Miami, you hope, fingers crossed, and then do it all over again, and the challenge again next week on Monday will likely be consistency. If they can't find that, it's going to be very hard for this team to be a playoff team, especially when they have these two opportunities ahead of them. With Miami and Atlanta, you got to win these games. You can ill afford to drop either one of these contests because Buffalo, they got beat by a Colts team that was in the playoffs last year and a Colts team that has good players out there. And Wentz, eh, he's okay, better than what he's been the last couple seasons. And Frank Wright's a really good coach. As we saw, any given Sunday, Buffalo got the doors blown off of them up there um, in Orchard Park on Sunday afternoon. Tampa Bay has not looked great. I know they're playing on Monday Night Football. I'm not watching the game currently. Well, it's not even 8 o'clock yet, but we'll see what happens with them in New York. And then New Orleans, hell, I still don't know what's going on with them. Panthers have a lot left in front of them. They have to take care of business on Sunday because they go down to 5-7. and seven. 
Might as well just pack up your bags and prepare for winter, boys, because you can go to Cabo or wherever you're going to go because it looks like they're probably not going to be a playoff team if they can't beat Miami on Sunday. Start off with Miami, then move on after that, get right on the bye, and then hopefully things will work out for the Carolina Panthers in the final five weeks after that. All right, so again, only, I believe, one more episode the rest of the week, Wednesday, tomorrow. Please send in mailbag questions. I will get to as many as I can. If we have any, if you ha- if you want to get one in, please go ahead and send those in um, at Julian Council on Twitter. Either uh, DM me there, and also make sure to follow me there. Also make sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, where I ask you to please rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars only so people can find it. Don't be a hater if you hate the show. Either keep listening and hate it, and don't or and don't give a review or you know be a hater and go away and find something else that suits you better um either way make sure to also check us out on spotify google Podcasts, stitcher odyssey and wherever you listen to this show and all of the shows here across the locked on podcast network as always thank you so much for your support and i will talk to you tomorrow If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.